from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. I've been waiting all week to get back to this abuse, and I know it's coming, Everyone but I'm here. in this room <laughs> is now dumber for having listened to it. By it, he means all of last week. I'm back, baby! <laughs> you are saved! <laughs> Thank you. Here's what I got. First of all, Twitter was uh, a buzz. <laughs> that was my goal. And here's what the main tweet, to sum all the tweets up. Boring! <laughs> now... I'm kidding, of course. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, I'll take boring over wrong. That's what I thought it was going to be. No, no, no. Well, yeah, you were. <laughs> I mean, some. Yeah, you were. But I. So I listened. Believe it or not, I listened. <laughs> you were the one. Yes. <laughs> we went from thousands and thousands of downloads <laughs> down to just one last week, and it was me. I didn't even download it. it I couldn't. He does it ever? No. Uh, and here's what I realized. <laughs> here's, oh, there's so many answers to this question. Here's what I realized. Uh, so one thing is, is that you do bring something to the table. <laughs> Please and tell, tell me what that is. No, uh, I do. I, I think the balance of what we do is the key because I make this cool. Oh yeah, of course. If you listen to any other podcast, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> they don't they, they don't do what we do no they don't do what we do and so uh that was the one aspect that was missing was well me yeah of course and so the level of cool but i think you you provide the anchor i'm <laughs> flying around and flailing around i was definitely the- sinking this last week like an anchor <laughs> <laughs> well listen it is it is difficult as my hidden you know, lost episodes will attest to it is impossible to do this thing by yourself. You know, I don't look at the clock ever when we're doing it together. Some, I think that's the only thing I look at when I do it by myself. <laughs> you could. Yeah. I'm just you looking at the watch your, the entire see, time. You couldn't see the face of your watch because you were sweating all over it. And the one damn week ever that Darn. a next gen player beats Federer happens to be the week that I say it's never going to happen and then it happens of course so I knew I was going to get some flack for that yeah that was uh, yeah you missed that one <laughs> but I don't even feel bad about that because then what happened he lost first round this week so it's like I don't think my prediction was I mean it was obviously wrong but it's was proven to be right after the fact yeah. Um, that he's not better than Federer. Correct. Still, even though yes. he's 12 years younger, however much. Yeah. Holy moly. So I did not watch a lot of tennis. <laughs> no, let me rephrase that. I did not watch a lot of professional tennis. Um, I was uh, on spring break with my team, of course. And basically, I hung out on an island and watched uh and just watched well that sounds amazing yeah it wasn't bad <laughs> it wasn't bad i mean I, you know hey i missed coming into the studio of course but uh, yeah and i, I missed you too <laughs> <laughs> you know, only yeah for one reason uh but yeah so the the you know the uh the opportunities to watch professional tennis were few and far between so right. um unfortunately i didn't get to see a lot but like i said Part my my vacation began with your voice in my ear. <laughs> so for whatever that's worth, that puts you off to a bad start. It can only go up from there. Yeah. So you uh, you were in the unenviable position of number one, recording by yourself. Number two, recording while the final was still <laughs> going on. Right. And you just threw it out there. Oh yeah. And and had I had doubt in the outcome, I could have potentially waited till the match was over. I could have said, "Oh, let's wait and see," and then talk about it. But I, I was so sure of what was going to happen, I didn't even need to. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it started out like, "Hey, this is going to be exactly what happens," and then inconceivable. <laughs> it just went awry. And I think literally the point the recording ended was when. <laughs> Uh, team won the second set, and then it was Perfect. all downhill. There's nothing you can do. 
Because once you turn off all this equipment, you don't know how to turn it back on. No. And to be fair, I could have gone back. Someone said, why didn't you just edit it? I said, because that's, you know, I'm not going to be that guy. I am no problem admitting that I was wrong. Yeah, because we always say we don't do predictions. Right. And so... Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! <laughs> we don't care about, you know... Obviously, I have my soundboard back. We, so. <laughs> yeah, we follow in the footsteps of the real broadcasters like Bill O'Reilly. Do everything live. Yeah, so you're... I admire the fact that you uh, <laughs> jumped out on a limb. And uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't even get to see because I was driving home. I didn't even get to see how Federer lost it, but from what I heard, he just kind of got knocked off the court um in the third set. So that's not something you hear very often. Yeah, but you know, the, ultimately the only thing that matters is the fact that I've called the Djokovic slam. And that's right. really all I care about. I, although I will say I I agreed with you on that, but I he does not look the greatest at the moment. Dude, he was he had whatever <laughs> disease everybody else had, whatever Serena had. They right. all apparently was oh, that what it was. I don't know. I don't know, but it 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 could have been. And I don't think for these people, for him and Federer and all these tournaments even matter. They matter for all the other people that need to build the confidence and keep the rankings and all that. But I don't think it even matters for these guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they play them because they're fun. Yeah. And they want the match. I mean, to me, these are like practice tournaments. Whereas I think that's the problem with these other people. They take every tournament so seriously. These guys, it's like this is practice for the real tournaments. Right. And they don't even care. Like, I lose. Oh, darn. I get to go rest for two weeks before the next tournament. Big deal. They don't even care, I don't think. So how much of uh, Miami did you get to watch? A A lot more than I normally do. I normally, for some reason, don't seem to watch this much tur- this much of this tournament but this year i've been watching a lot actually i don't like that it's later so it ends earlier but besides that i've been able to watch a lot not always live but when do i ever watch anything live well let me ask you this how much do you care about ncaa basketball zero believe Thank not. goodness <laughs> are we the only two no, I don't care that much. I mean, I'll fill out a bracket just because it's some sort of, uh, you know. I don't even do that. Yeah, I I didn't this year, <laughs> really. I just uh, I just told somebody, hey, I'm going all chalk. <laughs> Write it down. Yeah. You know, done. All all four ones are going to be in the final four. The ones and twos will be in the, in the final eight, the elite eight. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure any ones and twos have lost yet, have they? Nah, who cares? I don't think they have. Who cares? Some others have, which blew my whole go chalk thing. <laughs> but I, who cares? The only what really got me started doing a bracket a few years ago is when some company I can't remember who offered a b- b- <laughs> billion dollars if you got a perfect bracket or or. Maybe not a perfect. I can't. Remember. No, it was a perfect bracket originally, and I just heard found out it changed. I didn't even know that it changed, but now you have to get the first four days perfect, and then it's a million dollars a year for twenty five years or something. So the prize has gotten lower, but the the achievement has gotten easier. Wow. Well, I remember there was like one person that had something like down to the final four. I didn't even know that anybody ever made it that far. But and the whoever was offering the billion, who was that? I thought it was Warren Buffett originally. Maybe, but uh, anyway, who they they were trying to cut a deal to say, hey, <laughs> you got it all right up to the final four, right? I'll give you, you know, whatever fifty million or 50, ten million or whatever. I can't remember what it was. If you walk away, and they didn't do it, <laughs> they got nothing. <laughs> I think it sounds yeah, right. I didn't even know that happened, but th- I mean, it makes sense. But yeah, now you've got to go forty-eight and zero to get paid. Yeah, still though, twenty-five million's a lot, right? Yeah, and I don't even know that. Um, that also, when it first started, was before the play-in games, and I think that for some reason makes it even a little more difficult now. Just because oh, you those, count the first the first four. Well, sir. you don't do that. No, you don't do those in your uh, bracket. But oh, just don't. the fact that you have four teams that are coming in off a win seems to make those two four four teams have a little more chance of an upset than before. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Somebody knows. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, in terms of sports weekends, this is people think this is one of the biggest this four day span. But uh, I've just never gotten into it. I was born in Missouri, and Missouri is no good in basketball anymore. And 
we don't have a big Division One college here in Dallas that's in there usually, so I just never got into yeah. it. Well, if uh, the benefit is a big giant bracket, we and it's fun, right? And it's not like tennis where you fill out a bracket and you don't get to see anything. They show every, <laughs> literally every single game, right? And they're on like four different channels, like TNT, TBS, and whatever else. True, there's yeah, it's true, everywhere. and and. They have them all, all the games are sort of offset time-wise, so you can kind of, you know, if you're deep in the second half of one that's really in there, you can, you know, watch that one while the other one's just starting. And see, that's what tennis doesn't do that we've talked about that they could do a lot better job of. Instead of, even today, they were showing a match and it was like, I think they showed Halep's match. It was literally almost a three-hour match. And they showed almost every point of that match. In the meantime, you had all these other matches that were finishing and yeah. getting toward the end of the end. They didn't hardly ever click over. Well, so, it, all right, t- hockey. Have you heard of it? <laughs> well, yes, we don't play it here, but I have. Yes, yes, we do. Well, we do. the Pens but... came in and put the beat down. Well, not the beat down. I think it was 3-2. Uh, but the Pens. Was that last night? I was going to go, but our I knew flight... somebody that was there. Yeah. Uh, who? Just a friend of mine. They said that the Mario, Stars yeah. lost. They didn't say who they played. Oh, the Pens. Yeah, I, I, I normally go to the home mat. So they play the Peng, Penguins play Dallas uh, home and away one game, you know, each uh, every year. And so the Dallas one, I try to, try to go to every year. But uh, but yeah, we were flying back, so I couldn't go yesterday. What a bummer! <laughs> now and I'm over. I'm over two on ones I've actually been there, and they would have won last night. <laughs> Godly, that's because you weren't there. Um, that could be it. <laughs> Yeah, but I just think that yeah, they don't. Oh wait, my train of thought. Sorry. Yeah. So hockey. So if you if you watch the NHL channel, they don't. I don't know exactly how it works, but they don't have games on there a lot. But they have NHL on the fly. Yeah. And so you watch that, and it's sort of like the Red Zone channel ish, but not really because they also have live look-ins. Right. And so you could have five minute live look-ins where nothing happens right you're just hoping yeah and so you're just watching a random five minutes of you know a team or they also sometimes they go into a game and they show two or three minutes but it culminates in a goal yeah and obviously that's not all happening live right they record it you know and then they back it up and I would be totally fine with that exactly. in tennis. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we don't have nine channels like the NCAA tournament has. So right. we can't, you know, it's not going to be tennis channel, ESPN 8, the Ocho, um, you know, I don't know, CNBC 8. <laughs> right. Um, CBS Sports, Fox yeah, Sports. Fox Sports 1. It's not, they're not going to use a bunch of channels. You only have one, but you could have an on-the-fly kind of situation. You have your main match, and then, you know, if, if the server is up 40-15, Look away. Right. Look away. Or, you know, like as soon as they go for break or even let's say it's 5-2 in the set. The minute that set ends, say, or say whenever this set ends, we're going to show you the tie break between, you know, Raonic and team in its entirety. So don't go look at it when, uh, right. on the internet. Cause it's already well, and if you do, that's on, that's your decision, but right. they don't have to show it on the bottom of the screen. Because here's what they always do that I hate too. They love to show the set point. Like, yes. why don't I need to see that? I know because it's set point. I know what happens in the point. I don't need to see how they won the final point unless it was something notable, which it rarely is. Like they just, why can't they just flip over and show the person celebrating? Might as well. What's the difference? Right. Um, right. They, and they do that every match. Oh, meanwhile on court two, somebody's serving five one in the third. Well, gee, I wonder what happens at five one forty love. Oh, they won the point to win the match. It's amazing. And who cares how? That's right. not the fun. It doesn't part. matter at all. I mean, to some degree, it can be. Right. But if you if it's one point you're watching and you already know the outcome based on circumstances, then yeah, it's not that exciting. Yeah, I think people are too caught up in the live, and obviously me saying this is kind of ironic because I don't watch anything live, but I don't think it five minutes behind, I don't think is an issue. Well, that's the difference, and the event itself isn't over, and no one else is watching that match except people that are there right? Uh, because they're not showing it, in, in the U.S. anyway. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's a lot of players. I, I am in the tennis industry. You are in the tennis industry. Now, not in professional tennis. But, you know, the tennis industry nonetheless, and there are a lot of players that I may have seen once or twice. Right. Ever. Right. And why? Because we have to watch Nadal beat somebody down 0-0 yeah. in 15 minutes, and 
miss out on the opportunity to see all these other random players uh, that that who knows might right. be something eventually. Well, and the best part is once another court gets to five all or five four, don't mention what's happening. And then if it's not worth watching, don't show it. If it is, then you haven't told anyone the outcome yet, and you can go and show it. Right when that other set's over, Dude, I don't. Th- I don't need to watch the first three games of any set with any two players. Right. Uh, ever you know and that's the same with the NCAA I would assume who's watching unless you're really tied to that one team who's watching the first five minutes of a basketball game everybody yeah <laughs> everybody no 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 it's all right though but but on the first couple days of the tournament the the sort of uh spectacle of it is that you have all these games going on and you're not overly concerned about switching back and forth right because you know you're going to see you know, two games at least that overlap. Right. You know, on two different channels, so you can kind of, you know, so they don't need to do this broadcast thing like we're talking. We're manufacturing the multi-channel version. Right. You know. Yeah, that's true. If you have a good, uh, but I think even on like in the NCAA tournament, if they got a blowout on CBS, they're pulling something else over to CBS. No. I think they don't. No, 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 no. So. Every every channel has a game. They're right. all offset time wise, and if the, and if there's a blowout, you just change the channel. Oh, so they don't ever bring no. a better game over. No, but they don't have to. Yeah, because it, well, they plus it's ha- all the same company. It's too. all the same company. So it I doesn't guess. matter. And it's all basic cable stuff. Yeah. So not everybody is going to have you know something beyond the main channel. Well, that's why I thought they would pull the best game over to CBS no matter what. And they might, but that could still be a blowout. So right. you know. Well, no, I meant as it's happening. I didn't realize they didn't oh, change. I don't. They could. I I'm mean, not, maybe at the very end or something. Not a hundred percent sure about that, but nonetheless. The, but the the number one thing is all the games are offset time wise, and and they're and they're all happening happening simultaneously on places you can get to so it's similar more similar to the whole direct tv angle of you know having all seven courts or having right. five or six courts available besides espn2 but we've talked about how terrible that is with the french coming up that they run both semis at the exact same start time and we can only watch one of them right Sp- start the second one 30 minutes later at least then we're right. going to get a little bit of we can go back and forth a little because they'll show the score of that second one all the way through the first one and we don't end up watching any of it. Yeah. Until after the fact, and we already know the outcome. Right. So if there was a little bit of staggered time, that would help. Yeah. So again, I think go take a look at NHL channel and look at NHL on the fly and see how they do it. And you know, the, now they have one thing I would want less of that they do is they have a studio set up. And it's like people commentate, and then they go here, they go here. Right. They go. But mostly, it's all cutaways to games. Most yeah. of I it. mean, Tennis Channel has gotten into a little bit of that with center court, but they only do it from tournament to tournament. They don't do it from court to court right. in a tournament, right? which to me doesn't make sense. Uh, to well, me, that's, that's com- more complicated. That's because they're trying to get a piece of everything going on right. at once and trying to, be, you know, and, and may, that's Tennis's fault for scheduling right. entire tournaments you know, at the same time, there's not a lot they can do about that. But and the, uh, but the good thing is, yeah, we, I mean, at Miami, you've got so many courts going on. Well, like even today, you know, Rownich at Edmond were playing and Halep and Hercog. And to me, those are similar in terms of stature or attraction. And they showed 95% of Halep and 5% of Rownich and Edmond. Well, here's the other thing is that if you don't have commentators that can bring heat, about these matches and, and sell them yeah. and basically do what we do. I'm telling you, our previous experience commentating matches did not go as planned. <laughs> and I must say, mainly all me. But it was the first time I'd ever done it, so uh, I'll get better. Yeah, we have an excuse that but, we haven't done it before. But Well, you did. But you were better than I was, though. So I'll get better, and together we'll get better. But think about this: the mentality of this podcast during an ATP or WTA tournament. Yeah. Think about that dynamic, that energy, uh, some professional help uh, <laughs> with some, you know, details and some, you know, information right. about these players because we do no research. Yeah. Um, but you think about all of that and and I, I can't think of a group or a team or an individual commentator that brings it like that ever. Right. And so, yes, of course, you end up with, 
you know, um, a random match uh, between two people you don't know, and it's boring. Right. Because they can't do it. They can't bring it. I'm amazed. Aren't you amazed? One thing you're kind of talking about is when you watch a match with a player and you finish the match and you still feel like you know nothing about that player. Right. I mean, I was watching Federer, Albot, and granted, I didn't watch the whole match, but yeah, I got Federer's done with that match. Nude. I understand why you... <laughs> and I didn't know... I still know nothing about Albot. Couldn't tell you where he's from, when he became right. pro, how it was his career. How, and to me, that's the stuff you've got to learn about as you're watching a match that they got to throw in. Outside of the very beginning of the match when they always you know introduce the players... Those things got to be coming as you're as you're playing as the match is going on, right? So and they have well, yeah, yeah, because you because you're talking about a court with two people, right? That's it, yeah, two people. You ought to have ten pages and on each player. You have twenty seconds of downtime between every single point, right? You don't have ninety seconds on the changeovers because usually commercials, which is fine. But you still, you have ample time in between to, you know, just piece together some information outside of what you should be doing in between those 20 seconds, during those 20 seconds in terms of strategy and what's right. working and, and, and whatever, and recounting, you know, the point or what have you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, yes. But you know, football, football is always the gold standard, but when, you know, somebody, a linebacker makes a tackle. We immediately know, oh, he was a third-round pick out of Nebraska, and he played you know, for this and started you – know, I mean, you learn more about those players in 15 seconds than we learn about a player in a whole match in tennis. And now, granted, they have 100 players to choose from, but to me, that makes it even worse. We yeah. should know everything about Albot after this match. I should know, yeah. you know who his coach is, where he's playing, you know, everything. You should – I mean, yeah, exactly. You should know that his Twitter handle <laughs> is Radu Albot. Right. You should know that what racket he uses, you know, that he is uh, that he's from um, Moldova. That's right. Yeah, I did remember that. You should know that he's one hundred and one point seven five meters tall. (laughs) What? (laughs) You should know that his career prize money is seven hundred fourteen thousand dollars. Yeah. You should know that he is the top Moldovan in ATP ranking history, career high 81 in 2017. And he's getting close to that now. You should know that, you get my point? Yeah. That I can know all this and I don't know it. <laughs> right. There's a media guide for every professional tennis player in the world. And yeah, we don't know, you don't know what match Jeremy Shardy <laughs> is, lives in London, England. Did you know that? I did not. Why would you? Because these idiots don't talk about it. How about Demir Zumor? Where do you think he lives? Who cares? Right. But I'll tell you, he's 150 pounds. <laughs> but yeah, they, I mean, if you expect people to be interested in the matches, you have to give them information about the players. Otherwise, they have no reason to care about it. And, you know, just that's the thing that tennis, like they would spend, and again, they would, they'll probably spend the next match, whoever Federer's playing, they're going to spend 90% of the time talking about Federer. Well, I right. think we already know, you know, most of the stuff you're going to say about Federer. You had, he had, uh, you know, cereal for breakfast this morning before this match. Like, it's just crazy to me how they don't get into. How about that. Milos Raonic? Career win loss versus top ten, twenty six and fifty four. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard if I can figure this out, and I don't even know how to use a computer. <laughs> how about this? Tennis Sangren? Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now let's find Jack Sock. <laughs> Is he still on the ATP site? That's a good point. That's a good point. But no, it's yeah. I, I think it's Jack Sock, and they have a staff. Kansas City, Kansas. There you go. God, I hate the Chiefs. They have a staff of. Uh, oh, I know you're happy today about the football news. Um, I didn't hear it. Gronkowski retired. Oh. Good. So anyway, <laughs> so did, yeah, but so did uh, so did the tight end for the Cowboys. He's back. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why the Patriots tried to trade him last year and get get picks for nothing you know they, they knew they he was gonna knew. retire and they tried to get something out of that but i digress yes career uh career high for jack <laughs> don't say it <laughs> <laughs> weakest era <laughs> that might be the longest Look, of the show we've gone without why saying is his that highest atb ranking eight and it's got an asterisk well, <laughs> <laughs> it the asterisk it. at the bottom says it. weakest era in men's tennis. it should <laughs> 
All right, let's see what his record is against top 10. What do you think it is? He's played 31 matches versus top 10. Oh, God. Um, so it could be... Four and... Wait, 38? 31. No, 31. Six and 25. Not bad. You're close. Nine and 22. Wow, that's did actually better pretty than, good. No, it's not. <laughs> not when you're top eight. That's true. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, but, so anyway, so the point being is yes, that that there are some commentators that a lot of people like, but I think that's because the bar is so low. Yeah. It's so low. Well, and I think they all the commentators have their own strength, no, but it's, don't. well, or weakness, but like Anacone is going to get into the you know, X's and O's of a match, which I like, but you've got to have someone to compliment him that's right. going to get into the background of the players or the personality of the players or give personality because he's not going to See, do that's that. why I thought... I, you know, again, this is me reaching, and it's only based on the group of people that we have available now. So I, us, obviously, <laughs> the Tennis Revolution would be the first choice, right. my first choice for commentators. But based on the group we have available, somebody that would be good with Paul Anacone. Check out the big brain on Brad. Brad. Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, that He'd was be good with anyone. Pulp Fiction. No, the big <laughs> brain on Brad was the clue. Yeah. Uh, Brad Gilbert, you would think that he'd be able to bring a little personality, you know, get, right. get it going up there because, you know, Paul Anacone's pretty dry. And even though they're both coaches, Brad rarely gets into the strategy or, you know, right. what the player, uh, you know, that kind of thing. He gets win more ugly. into the... He just right. tells him win ugly. Yeah. But, yeah. But, I, yeah, I think Mary Carrillo would be good with, you know, Anacone too because she's going to get into more of the human interest stuff or she can why because she's a girl no she just has done little pieces <laughs> like that but did you hear the whole crux of my argument last week or not not the argument but just the facts let of, me just say i heard it i didn't listen can i be honest <laughs> with you what was your situation just how awful that the americans were last week oh yeah well let all right, we've rambled about general things right? and made a plug for the tennis revolution to be a part of broadcasting. Yes. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, actually talk about real tennis, a little bit about last week, your com- comments, <laughs> and talk about uh, Miami. Uh, and we'll do that when we come back. <laughs> Join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com. To get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. So, yes, um, during the break, I went ahead and listened to, to, to your podcast. You all right? You fell out of your chair. You fell out of your chair over there. Um. Yeah. It's it, yeah. So we thought we had a shot with the women, right? In terms of saving American tennis, but what's happened? I mean, it, it's maybe we we were uh, a little overzealous in proclaiming, you know, the strength of American women. Now, I still think the strength of women overall, you know, has a chance to to sort of prop up tennis generally when the big three right. go, but. Or two of the big three because nobody likes Djokovic, <laughs> but uh, but in America, without Americans at the top top, w- you know, will it hold? I don't know. Well, and it's almost like today, you know, the only American we could watch was Venus, and I'm not saying she's pathetic, but it's kind of pathetic that we're having to watch Venus still as our American hope and hope she does well. I think Sloan is still in, but yeah, but it's just depressing that that's who we're still hanging on to. We got Isner. We got Isner. (laughs) Well, I was talking about women's, but yes. I see. Yeah, he's the only shot. I mean, Tiafo. I don't know if he won last night. He won the first set, but he, I'm just not seeing it. And I know people think he's the next big thing in America. I just don't see it. I really don't. And my friend has has a good line. He says, maybe once he learns how to walk, then he can be a good tennis player. Yeah, it's not nice. But he just walks so strangely. Uh, Yeah, I just don't. I don't see any men right now that I'm excited about. And we've got so many, there's so many young men on the tour that are exciting and none of them are American. Yes, he did win six and six 
Um, and he beat a decent guy, you know, up, another up and comer against a wild card. Yeah, he beat a wild card. Um, <laughs> but that guy's young and he's sure. improving. Yeah, you know. Um, and now he faces the two seed. Zve- oh wait, no, 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 no. sorry. <laughs> if sorry. that wasn't an example of your argument last night, I don't know what is. Zverev, that's what was so great about your argument. You always have Zverev to <laughs> confirm it. Bring it on home. How, how is he two in the world? I do not know how. He loses early in every tournament. Mm-hmm. I think he plays 50 tournaments a year and just He's gets got to. 50 points in every tournament. One round. From the Gronkowski of <laughs> tennis. <laughs> Well, he Gronkowski finally retired, I guess. Yeah. Ferrer hasn't. Or he has, but this is his farewell <laughs> tour again. So they said, I heard, his official retirement is supposed to be in Madrid. But I'm like, how can you retire in Madrid two weeks before the French? I don't I don't believe that. Yeah. Although right now his ranking's not even good enough to get into the French, but it might be after I that win. guarantee you they give him a wild card. Well, yeah, of course. Sakes. And so, I mean, unless he just doesn't want to deal with three out of five, which just seems like a logical possibility. Yeah, it could be. Could be. So, yeah. So, um, no, I agree with you uh, on the American side of things. Of course, we knew that on the men, and we were hanging our hat, so to speak, on the women's side, and um, we're on the brink on the women's side. I <laughs> right. mean, you know, we're waiting for D.C., Daniel Collins, to, you know, yeah. to keep on. You she know, had a bad loss today. Yes, to keep on kind of edging up. Um but she's not even, I mean, she could be an up-and-comer, but it's hard to say someone that's like 24 or 25 and is up-and-comer. Maybe, but she can still break through and still be, you know, a mainstay in the top 15. Right. That's all right with me. Yeah. You know, if we have, if we have you know, five in the top 15, I think women's tennis is solid yeah. as long as it's not 15, 14, 13, 12. <laughs> you know, I mean, it'd be nice to have some sprinkled in the top. When I think you're like me, all you want is Definitely someone not in the quarters that has a chance. Like you have to be there to have a chance. And in any wells, we didn't have anybody there. Yeah, and I don't care about rankings per se. No. It's just from the standpoint of exactly what you just said. Is that having people, you know, dotted in the top ten, top fifteen, it means oh, okay, they're playing it at a high enough level to compete with other people competing at a high level who have chance chances to win tournaments and ultimately Grand Slams, of course. Well, because so much of the ranking is not getting injured and playing often. Like, you could make the third round, I bet, of 30 tournaments and probably be top 10. I could. appreciate <laughs> that. So I, like you said, the ranking is not the determining factor. It's, you know, do you have a chance to go deep in a big tournament? And I'm not sure who does right now for the men or the women, except for maybe Sloan. Yeah. But she's so up and down. It's well, hard to be in her a fan of hers. Yeah, I know because she's so in and out. And Keys too. I mean, I'm not excited about Keys anymore. I jumped off the bandwagon just in time with her because she is <laughs> completely collapsed. Which but is, anyway, the second point of last week was I said that, and tell me if you agree with this that American players do not want to rally. If you think of the style of play of every American player, it's first strike, try to win the point in the first two shots. Well, that traditionally has been, quote-unquote, American hardcore tennis since the 90s. Yeah, um, and I just don't know that that works anymore. Because think of all the best players, all the top 10 players, men and women, none of them play that way. I mean, Federer is the only one that you could t- potentially say plays no, that way, but that's no, new. you're talking about men or women? Both. Well, it's different, though. Yeah, well, I mean, but... Because the, the, I think it works even less on the women's. But the amount of power you need on the men is supplied by the fact that men are bigger and stronger. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm apologizing. Hashtag y'all too. Um, and so I guess the power is easier to come by. Uh, and, and power with being able to maintain some level of consistency. Because if you... You know, again, the length of the court's the same, the ball weighs the same, gravity's the same, the height of the net's the same, and and so you still have to hit a ball in a certain direction within a framework of the lines to get it past somebody. Well, you got guys that are bigger and stronger that can hit harder, but you also have guys that can hit or they can catch up to it because they're faster, right, and can cover more ground. And on the women's side, I would say that. The reason it might look worse 
is they can't cover as much. But yeah. the power, the equipment, and all the rest of it, you know, the power is helpful. But maybe because they're you know less physicality than the men, they can't keep you know keep the consistency as much. But if you name in my, as far as I can tell, if you name all the players that play that style, they're not the players that are winning, in the men's or the women's. And that may be a fairly recent development, but the the players that are winning are the ones that are extremely good defensive defensive players, you know, and can withstand the power of other players. Like Halep, you know, Wozniacki, and now Andreescu, obviously Djokovic, Nadal, Federer. You're not seeing Raonic, the Raonic, and uh, even team. You're not seeing Raonic or Isner or Muguruza or Sharapova anymore. The people are just yeah hitting two shots and winning the points. Right. And I think that's probably the women catching up physically to the ball. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you think about the the top players, they all have the ability to do it. But then you think about the ones that struggle and they just won't. Yeah. I mean, think about Kyrgios. I mean, he wants to be spectacular all the time. Yeah. And how much does he grind? How much does he want to grind? Think about for David Ferrer, David Ferrer. Right. He loves to grind. Yeah. I mean, that you know, he loves that... You know, I guess I've never met the guy. We've been through this discussion before, but you know, I mean, but you watch him play, and it's like he takes pride in the fact that you can't hit him off the court, that you can't get the ball by him, and uh, you know, and I don't know if a lot of people are, are willing to, you know, accept that mentality. Well, and he played Query first round, and obviously Query's gone downhill, but then against those Ferrer, so you have polar opposite styles playing each other, and Ferrer killed him like two and two. Yeah. So just that, I just don't know if that style is working anymore and it seems like the americans aren't for the most part willing to change it and if they can't win on american hard courts where are they going to win grass i guess is a possibility but that's only yeah yeah because it's only going to get worse when we go to clay if we can't get a player in the quarters on an american hard court it's i'm just preparing everybody for the worst which i think <laughs> is yet to come and here's and listen the romance of you know paris and and again, we've talked about this, the glamorous cities that the clay courts are in and all that, and you love it, but you can't love it for your own country <laughs> if you're American. I mean, right. We have obviously international listeners too, but yeah, I mean, again, we say it, I, I don't know if we talk enough about it, but then again, we can't, and that is you know, selling American tennis, you know, and, that, and the, the fact that this podcast is about that, but the problem is we suck. We suck at tennis. <laughs> right. Um, when well, we want to play, we want to root for American players, but they have to be still in the tournament. Yeah, just think if this podcast was in the '90s, yeah, and we were talking about other players and American players, it would be a blast, right? And unfortunately, we suck. But I think we both love tennis enough and can appreciate different players. I mean, you know what Osaka brings to the table uh, in terms of her all-around game uh, is is fun. Right. I just wish. I mean, she basically is American, but whatever. That's a whole separate issue. <laughs> but um, when you look at like the last ten amazing male American players, there was a huge variety of playing style you know, between Roddick and Agassi and McEnroe, Sampras, Connor. I mean, you had all different styles of play in those that list. And right. now you list the top ten Americans; they all play the exact same way, except for Isner, who's just his own, you know, style. Yeah, and Quarry's kind of an Isner type. And so is Opelka. I mean, anybody that's over six five, they don't really have a choice. Six six, yeah, they don't have a choice. Um, but yeah, I just think we're a long way away from that next big American player, which is depressing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now again, there's a 14 year old, a 15 year old, a 16 year old. I don't know about you know that you don't know about. Um, but yeah, I mean. Maybe, I wonder where it comes from, because one area it could come from would be the juniors. If you have the ability to utilize power and you win that way, you never have to do anything else, Right. and then it catches up to you, and you hit a brick wall. I think that's what happened to Keys. And, and probably Tiafo. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's able to do some things uh, coming up through juniors. And then he hits a brick wall. Well, I mean a brick wall. I mean, he's still, you know. Right. Whatever. Top 40. Right now. But then again, Sock was top eight. So <laughs> you tell me. But he's a perfect example. I yeah. Mean, what does he do? He tries to r- hit inside out forehands, but he's right. too goofy. And big serves. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I think that's what happens is after you might have a good year or two and people figure out, oh, if I just keep the ball in play deep, you know, five, six, seven times in a row, I'm probably going to win the point. Not that that's not that it's that easy, but you know what I mean. Yeah, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> it, re- it really is. Right. I mean, you know, you're talking about somebody who uh, will self-destruct five balls in and you know, because you watch a, you watch a, day, uh, you know, and again, you know, I got to talk about him because he's going to be retiring soon in the next <laughs> eight months. But you, you watch Ferrer play, and you're not on the edge of your seat when you're watching a rally with him, and it's the fifth ball, right? But if a sock, stop using sock, <laughs> but well, let's just use sock for now. But in a sock rally or a keys rally, if it's the fifth ball. You are on the edge of your seat because right. something's about to happen because <laughs> she can't take it. Right. Whereas Frey, you're like, oh, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, keep going. Ten. Turn the channel. Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> come back. Fifteen. Seventeen. Go get a drink. Nineteen. Twenty-seven. You know, it's like, oh, okay, thirty-eight ball rally. Oh, look, the other guy, <laughs> the other guy collapsed in the heat. <laughs> but you know this as a player and a coach. To me, there's nothing worse than being in a match and realizing that you can't win a rally against somebody because then you, the pressure's on you every point to finish the point. True. And I feel like every American is in that situation against a lot of other players. Are they in it, in that situation? So are they in that situation uh, physically? So stamina-wise, do you think? Uh, in general, no. I wouldn't say it's that. I think it's more of a mentality I mean, there's certainly some. Obviously, Isner is not trying to rally all day from a stamina perspective. Yeah, <laughs> about anything. No, no. When you start talking about this stuff, it's a right. whole. You know, he's an exception to all the. But no, I think you know. There's definitely Americans that are in as good a shape as you know other top players. But it's all relative because right. we're talking about small percentages of differences, and those manifest themselves, you know, a lot over time in a, in a match at that level. So that that's the first aspect is can they, you know, can they handle it physically from from the the uh, physiological standpoint? The other side of that is is can they handle that technically? So the, yeah. from, from the physical side in terms of technique, and you look at somebody like Tiafo who's got, you know, quite a an extensive forehand <laughs> um, swing pattern. Yeah. So there's a lot more to go wrong. It's it's you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and so maybe that's where he breaks down. Um, although he never looks great after a long, long rally. Right. But, uh, and then the other side of it is the mental side. And by that, I mean strategy. Are they even being taught coming up to do this? Do they want to do this? Are their coaches suggesting they try to do this? And then the last one is emotional. Can they can they sustain that level of, of consistency in terms of their their footwork, in terms of their stroke pattern, in terms of of um, the discipline to not, you know, make silly shot selections. You know, I mean, you think back back to Roddick. I mean, he had a huge serve, right? And it was a difference maker against every player on the tour. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, you know, he, I don't know if he still holds a record, but it was 155. He doesn't still, but he did for a long time. Yeah. What's the record now? 165. Are you kidding me? Well, it's a little bit questionable because it was at like a small tournament. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, anyway, so you take somebody like Roddick, his backhand was not like Djokovic's backhand. Right. His forehand was not like, it was not like Nadal's forehand. Yeah. You know, his volleys were pretty decent, except for that one backhand volley. Wimbledon. <laughs> oh, man. I really do think, besides him, his wife, and his mother, I'm the only other person that still feels bad about that volley. You know, <laughs> almost as bad as those three. Um, but, uh, you, you know, so you take, but you think about his matches, if you can think back to Roddick's matches mid to early 2000s, I mean, he was always could always be in long rallies with no problem i was that's what i was no problem if you were getting to i never worried about him in a rally except that dumb visor other than that (laughs) i never thought oh he's in a rally we're in trouble like i always thought he's in a rally no big deal and he would work his butt off and so he had the from the mental side he had the strategy to do it because he knew first of all 
Big serve, so I'm going to try to dictate on on serve games. But returns, right. I'm going to stay in here. Yeah, I'm going to stay in here and make them work on their serves. So you know, his mentally in terms of his strategy, and then emotionally, he can handle it. He was yeah. a fighter. He was a baller. That's why I said, please come back, Roddick. You could be <laughs> top thirty right now. I mean, not now. I mean, you got <laughs> to put some work right. in. But you could be top thirty, no question. Well, and what you said about yeah, they taught that way. That's so such a foreign question to me because that's the first thing as a player I tried to do, even knowing very little about tennis. And it's the first thing I teach people is you've got to be able to get the ball back several, you know, five times minimum well, before you do anything yeah. crazy. One more time than your opponent yeah. is the minimum. <laughs> well, and then, yeah, in every match you play, your first goal is to figure out, am I more consistent than the other person? And if I am, I'm just going to win that way. I don't need to do anything else. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything boils down to consistency. Because yeah. I don't care if you have a Delpo forehand, the you know the, the you know I think the fastest recorded forehand maybe probably I mean one oh something, <laughs> um, you know so if he's hitting forehands like that but he can do it consistently, you know no and consistently means consistently out of the times he attempts it not right obviously you can't hit that shot off of every shot but if you're hitting the right ones at the right times and you can do it consistently then yeah, hit that shot. That's right. your shot. But if you're like Jack Sock and you're trying to run around your forehand, but you're a little pudgy and you're slow, uh, and you have that dumb beard um, <laughs> and no mustache, you look ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with this. Head. And then you know, and then you shank a four. How many? I picture him shank. I can't. I don't want to well, talk about it. But the anyway. problem is, we have a hundred people that play like Del Potro, and there's only one Del Potro. That's yeah, the thing. That, that is true as well. So I mean, like you said, play that way if you've got the game. But you have to realize when it's not working, even for that particular match or game, like, okay, let's actually rally and wait till I get an easy ball. Then I can go for it. Right. And it just, it just, it makes it, it, it here's the, here's the conclusion. It makes American players hard to watch. And I feel like right now there's no American player that anybody's super excited to watch. Well, of course, again, I, you have to, have to, have to take out the tall ones. Right. Cause they don't have a choice. They have limited mobility already, and they also have such a huge advantage. Um, and by the way, if I was coaching Isner, I would say the complete opposite. I would say the points for you need to be as short as possible. Oh, yeah. Three shot maximum. All of them. Yeah. So it, I'm I'm not saying everybody should play this way. Yeah. If you get to 30-15 on the return game, work hard. Right. If you get down 30 love... I want you to lob the next three returns. You just see if you can make the guy fall down. <laughs> or just let the two go for an ace and just move on. Yeah. A la uh, Sampras, the greatest player in the history of the game, um, basically did that. If he could get a lead, he would push. And if not, he would cruise on his right. serve. And and what makes Isner not be able to cruise on his serve? you expending too much energy he on gets tired games. right and where does he get tired trying to be a hero on the first return game of a match yeah he has the opposite problem he tries to rally way too much and he tries to rally in matches when he doesn't need to be rallying so right so american so he's the top american right now at number nine and again he's maintained that but mainly because of his unbreakable serve right. i mean you know the percentage of matches he plays seven six six seven seven six <laughs> pitiful. The next best American. It might be Tiafo. It is Tiafo. What is he? Thirty now. Thirty one. Thirty one. And so, you know, he's got like body wise. I mean, he's right in that sweet spot. You know, he's you know I don't know how exactly how tall he is, but um. He's got to be around six one, I would think. Maybe a little taller, but either yeah. way, and it's like okay, so he's, you know, but he's got you know the funky strokes, which I don't right. care what anybody says, that's going to cost you. Yeah. Um. And so the next American's been around a while, Stevie Johnson. Uh, I mean, he's at thirty eight. I think he's maxed out. He's twenty nine years old. Right. So then you got some youngsters. You got Taylor Fritz and Riley Opelka. Again, they're both tall. Um. How tall is Taylor Fritz? Do you know? Probably six four around that. Well, that's not too bad. Six five maybe. And he, yeah, he's the one of all of them that probably has the most potential because he can Six play four. a baseline game and he's got a big serve, so he's got a little bit of both. Like a but, and then you got Riley Opelka, who's nine feet eight. Yeah, he's just the next Isner, but maybe not as good. We'll see. Well, he beat him, you know, recently, but he's yeah. twenty one. Then you got Mackenzie McDonald. So now he's on the way up. He's only twenty three, so he kind of is coming along later than the other guys. 
um, that are around his yeah, age. He's a baseline player, and he's a short guy, so he's going to have you know, lack of power might be his issue. He's five ten, um, but again, I, I think you're exactly right. That guys like that, I I can just picture him making a ton of unforced errors. Yeah, and who are the guys on that list that I want to watch in a match? Well, hold on, I'm not done. We got Sam Query, <laughs> Dennis Kudla, Tennis Sangren, and Bradley Klon. That's that's the top 100. Yeah. That, those are the top Americans in the top 100. And yes. there's nobody there that I'm just really dying to see, you know, from a from an entertainment aspect. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say something right now, <laughs> and it's going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, <laughs> and I don't care. The perfect package of a men's tennis player. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> that doesn't sound good at all. The, co- the, the 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 perfect conglomeration of characteristics yes, of the of, of the a, total package. Uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> what the what am I doing? What do you talk about on this week's show? The perfect package. I've been listen. I've been away a while. Okay. <laughs> um, so any this confuses his other podcast. Hey, um, hey. <laughs> you could trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. Now, so he, and that is Djokovic, right. He has the court coverage of Nadal, but better. Right. He's got the safety in terms of enough spin on both sides of a Nadal, but he can also flatten a la Federer. Uh, his serve is not overwhelming, but it's more than adequate and improving. Right. Uh, so he, he gets aces, but he, you know he's also extremely consistent. He's got the stamina of, I was going to say a gazelle, but I don't think they have stamina. <laughs> Whatever has stamina. Right. Um, what animal has stamina? Good question. I don't know. A camel. I don't know. Yeah, walking across the desert. Why not? <laughs> uh, he never gets thirsty. <laughs> uh, no. And uh, and so, and he's disciplined. He doesn't go for a lot of dumb shots. No, he doesn't. It, in fact, he, he goes for too many drop shots, but he knows how to stop doing it when they're not working. Right. Um, you know, his backhand, I mean, he can take both, he can change directions on both sides. Yeah. Uh, what are his volleys like? Probably the weakest part of his game? Yeah, and he doesn't, you know, most of the time when he's coming in, it's to clean up an easy put away. Right. So, he, you know, he, he doesn't doesn't come in unless he has an easy shot. Right, that'd be the only piece he's missing. Um, but, you know, and also the return game. I mean, he is not an idiot on the return. He doesn't just close his eyes and wail at it. And try, you know, and try to hit winners off the, you know, return right away. Now he can. Well, that's the funny thing too. When if you looked at stats, I guarantee of the top twenty players, they probably all are in the top twenty in return, you know, game percentage one. And name an American player who's a really good returner. I mean, I can't think of any. Yeah. So it's that's you know, we're, they're all about holding serve, which is great. But every top player holds serve. Or yeah. So All that's right, not wanna, as meaningful. You want to talk about some actual tennis? Yeah. Good Lord. Um, when I talk about Bianca. Let me tell you something. She is uh, she is uh, shot out of the rocket ship, <laughs> like a rocket or something. What yeah. am I saying? <laughs> She's going up. <laughs> but I mean, out of no, like just, yeah. you know, 2019, boom. Well, and she did the one thing we always say that nobody ever does, which is she won a big event or won a big match and then has came up and won two more immediately after so in other words success sustained right sustained that's what i was looking for sustained success <laughs> yeah i mean she i think she beat three or four top 10 players and then she turned around i could oh she's playing kerber there's no way she's gonna win she's gonna be tired she's played so much tennis she's never had this success before and she beat kerber again for the second time so it's I, i'm super impressed no it's been good she's um She's uh, fun to watch, and she is competing, beating some of the best players. And you know what the worst part part about her is? She's not American. I was going to say she's Canadian, but you... <laughs> Close. You're supposed, typically, you're just supposed to say, I don't know. Um, no, that was the whole thing last week. Canada has better prospects it's than been we do week. now. It's, it's been a week. We haven't been together, so I know <laughs> the chemistry sort of fades a little. we got to get it back. But Canada has better prospects than we do now. Yeah. They've got Felix and her and Shapovalov, and we have nothing. I don't like it. 
It depresses me. I but don't, I don't like it. But what you talked about two weeks ago, the eyeball test, all three of those players passed that test. And the ones that are hyped up as Americans, none of them passed that test, in my opinion. Like, you could tell Andreessi when I finally got to watch her play, which I honestly didn't much at any wells, I saw her play this week more. She has all the shots already, and she's 18. Yeah. And, you know, most players don't have all the shots when they're 25. She's already had, she's got drop shots and slice and lobs and everything. Yeah, she's, uh, let's see, 5'7". So she's right in that sweet spot on the women's side, size-wise. You know, big enough to have some power, but small enough to to be able to move and yeah. and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, I mean, her her year-to-date prize money, $1.48 million. Well, I think she got 1.3 for in Wells. <laughs> exactly. Career prize money, a $1.7 million. <laughs> so uh, you do the math. Yeah, I mean, she was – well, she didn't get a buy. Even in this tournament, she didn't get a buy. So her seating – she still wasn't seated for this tournament, which is pretty crazy. But yeah, I mean, she was. I don't even think she was. She was barely in direct entry into this Indian Wells. Yeah, I'm sure she was in qualifying earlier this year in other tournaments. So yeah, so, so prior to this year, she's made two hundred fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. You make that, you know, in a month. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's she, she's exciting. And again, I'm not a complete homer for America. I am, right. but I can at least appreciate things and watch players and. I mean, it just infuriates me that it's Canada. <laughs> because it's a rival or so one close more. to us? Or just because one it's... more on top of the already... <laughs> or because it's snowing up there always and they're better than us at tennis somehow. Now, yeah, I mean, their weather sucks. Their accent's stupid. They have a whole section of them that's French that hates the rest of them. And yet they don't care. All their players are coming together as one. Because, you know, Felix is, you know, all French and whatnot. Yeah, and he just won, by the way, so he's now in the round of 16. Wonderful. As just a 17-year-old, either 17 or 18. So, yeah, it's, I mean, they could, they, those two players will easily be top 20, you know, if not better. I think top 20 is even being the modest. I would say they're top 10 potential in the next couple of years. So Canada could have two players in the top 10, and we conceivably could have zero. <laughs> easily. I mean, I don't see. Yeah. Isner is not that far you know, from being done. Right. And then we obviously, Serena and Venus can't be playing that much longer. We're doomed, man. We are <laughs> doomed. And so our other, our choice is to just suffer or to adopt those players <laughs> as North Americans. And, uh, why don't we just invade Canada <laughs> and take over? Yeah. King of the North. But I love, yeah. And I, I love watching those two players Obviously, I'm just getting to know. Probably the three I'm most excited about now are Osaka, Felix, and now Bianca, and and none of them are American. Well, are you over Seeds of Pass? No, I guess I was going to say he's last year, but don't, I don't mean he's old news, but I mean excited to see what their potential oh, is. Okay. To me, he, I so already you, know his okay. potential is I got top So five. now you're just, you're on potential watch for him. It's like, all right, we've established he's... A, a guy that can do that will right. do it. And now you're looking at these youngsters as they could be the ones that I expect to do it. And right. will they, I see what you're saying. And obviously it's easy to jump on the Bianca band when she just won a 1000, you know, so it's not like I'm going out of the limb by saying she's going to be amazing. But I just think that it's pretty crazy how we suddenly that what's, it's finally happening where the younger generation is proving what we've been saying that they could surpass that previous generation at any time. Did Team's victory do anything to change your opinion on that? Did he win something? <laughs> uh, no, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, first of all, the tricky position is now are the old guys getting too old and when's that cliff going to happen? Right. And it could be getting close. Yeah, because Federer has not looked good the last two weeks. Right. Which is, I mean, not looked good, and he makes the finals, and he's still in this tournament. Yeah, well, yeah. So, all right. So, on the women's side, you know, Osaka's out now. Um, and Serena's out. Serena's out. So, we got – so, are you – I mean, you're in love with Andreescu, or is that who you're picking? No, I still think that – I mean, if she were to well, come out of nowhere – Let me just say this. Let me, let me, re, let me read the <laughs> matchups and tell me which is better. So, okay. All right. Top half. Um, we've got on the top the top line the top match on the top half. 
All right, we've got Suwei Shea against Wozniacki. Which will be interesting just because of the way be Shea plays. extremely interesting. Yeah. Because usually if you're playing a big hitter and you're a crafty player like Shway, now that's an opposite. Right. But you've got Wozniacki who can stay out there for months. Yeah. And so that could not go well for Shway. Right. She's going to maybe, she'll end up forcing. But anyway, still, that matchup, you've got... That could be three hours or it could be a beatdown by right. Wozniacki. So you've got Andreescu and Conovate. And just because of the Bianca factor. Now you've got Caroline Garcia and Kavitova. Ash Barty and Kiki Burtons. Yes, so that's more. So the next potential are Pliskova and Sevastova if they both win. Uh, Mertens and Stevens if they both win. You've got the two Wangs. Unfortunately, Collins and Williams are out in that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we had a Collins-Williams potential. We ended up with Wang-Wang. <laughs> yeah. And then a potential of Kazakina and Halep. And Halep won today. Oh, she okay. Yeah. What about Venus? Did she beat Kazakina? She was in the third last I saw, okay. so it's probably over now. But in any, any event, you know, you got Halep and potentially V-Will. Yeah. Now, oh, yeah, she won, actually, so it is Halep and Venus. Okay, now listen to the men. <laughs> <laughs> You got potentially Djokovic, Fanini, which could be fun just because Fanini. And they just played doubles the other in Eddie Wells. Yep. Uh, Edmund beat Raonic, so you got Edmund and Isner. Boring. Yeah. Um, you, potential, I don't know. Again, we're a little bit, we don't know who won yet. Uh, you got F- potential of FAA and Basha Vesvili, which They both won, so they're playing okay. each other. So, so it'd be fun just for the Felix factor, but that's not a great. No. So that's two that aren't good. So how about Borna Chorich? Did he beat Shardy? I didn't see that yet. And then Kyrgios potentially against uh, Leovic. I think he's playing later. All right. So Kyrgios just because he's an idiot factor. Right. But that's a boring. Who cares? Born at Chorich? Nothing. Yeah. All right. Kevin Anderson and Dimitrov potentially. Yeah. Medvedev and Federer. Eh, that could be fun. A young guy with Federer. Yep. Power player. Yep. Seats of pass and Shapovalov if they both won. That could be that fun. That would totally be interesting. Yep. Chechenato and Tiafo. No. Not really. And, they, and see, that they're going to show that because he's American, and you just listed you know eight other matches I'd rather see. But the, all the men's were crap, though. Right. I mean, there was still a lot of crap. Well, matches. yeah, I mean, between women and men. That, so they're going to be stuck watching that just yeah. because he's American. Yeah, so. All right. Well, I, we don't want to predict. You You. You are over the prediction. <laughs> so. I don't think Andreescu, just because to literally come learning. out of nowhere and make – Win two Masters back-to-back, that would she's, be... She's still learning, so you can't... Yeah, That would be sure. insane. For sure. So, um, yeah, so we won't make predictions, but um, it'll be fun to talk about next week, and we'll get into what happens, and hopefully some of the players we think are going to be, uh, you know, the the next up-and-comers that you don't know if they're the right. past types. Um, it'll be fun to see how they... Uh, have uh, traversed this week and a half. So, um, well, I want to give you a mini corner no real way. quick. Okay, what they some people call this Andreescu win the greatest moment in Canadian tennis history. Ugh. What is a bigger moment, winning Indian Wells or making a Grand Slam final? We had Raonic made the Wimbledon final. Yeah, but he and had Bouchard made the Wimbledon final, and, and they had no chance. <laughs> and well, I mean, Raonic played Murray; he should have had a chance. Well, yeah, but. Bouchard and fell I know off Bouchard a cliff. Played, yeah, but she fell off a cliff, and that's why people have such short memory. Yeah, but to me though, making a Wimbledon final is way bigger Agreed. than winning Indian Wells. Agreed, absolutely. So I was kind of shocked yeah. that they, people were saying that because I'm like, wait, didn't not these people made the or not Roundich? Yeah, Roundich. Aren't these people made Wimbledon final? How is this bigger? Right. And I guess yeah, you lost your last match, but you won something in Indian Wells. You yeah, but I mean, talk about attention even prize right. money ranking i mean right. that's way bigger yeah now if she were to win both back to back that would be a bigger achievement at the same time not yeah at the same time but in the same year right then i don't think people would have said that but it's been a while Bouchard's sort of sputtering trying to come back and, right you know Raonich is is sort of stalled where he's been so and Raonich lost kind of meekly right so i mean but i he, agree that that making a, a grand slam final is bigger and even more so because of wimbledon which is right. the most visible. Right. Uh, I mean... The granddaddy. As much as we love Indian Wells, well, I'm sure way more people watch Women in Final than they watch Indian Wells Final. Right. So, all right. Easy discussion. I'm glad to be back. I don't know if you're... <laughs> I'm sure you're glad I'm back. Yes. I, I know the listeners are glad I'm back. <laughs> um, I'm expecting our listenership to 
quintuple next week. <laughs> I don't know what that means, and I don't think you do either, but I'm glad you said it. All right, anything else? That's it. Fantastic. Great to be back. And uh, tennis is rocking. It's the season now, baby. It's going and moving and grooving. Um, can't wait till clay. <laughs> uh, we're stuck with the one more weekend of hard court. Let's adopt another country before the clay court, court season starts. Yes, I great like idea. idea. <laughs> great idea. I'm renouncing my tennis citizenship. <laughs> Just for a month or two. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right. Until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Bianca. Bianca.